0: The coronavirus is gripping the world right now with public health officials from the U.S. and China warning people to expect more infections as the crisis grows. So what is the coronavirus, who is at risk, and how can you protect yourself? Let's find out with Dr. Anthony Ogin, infectious disease specialist at McLaren Health. This is McLaren's in Good Health. I'm Bill Klaproff. Dr. Ojin, let's start with this. What is the coronavirus?
1: Okay, a coronavirus is an RNA virus. Uh, It's very common among animals in which it is very species specific. There are seven families uh, which can cause diseases in human beings. The other coronaviruses are pretty much confined to animals and not human beings. There are viruses which cause uh, uh, influenza-like illnesses. Those of people out there who've had bad respiratory illnesses, such as uh, flu—the true flu, not GI flu, but true respiratory flu uh, would know the symptoms of the corona uh, of the coronavirus.
0: So, with all the scary news, how worried should we be about? the coronavirus. I
1: would like to uh, inform the listeners that this is not the time to panic. I mean, we are applying epidemiologic data and we are applying principles and, uh, and what we know about other viruses for the past hundred years. And this virus pretty much mimics everything we know. So I want the listeners to be aware of that this is not an unknown. Um, we are uh, tracing this virus, we are tracking this virus and applying the principles uh, that we know. So I want to, right off the bat, tell people not not to worry at this time. Well,
0: that's a very... (laughs)
1: No matter what you hear on the news.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a very good (laughs) message. And what we've heard on the news is this shares symptoms with the flu and even the common cold. And the majority of the people that get it, if treated properly and right away, are going to be okay. Is that right as well?
1: Well, the treatment right now is kind of conservative. Like, you know, when you get a bad cold, you get the bad influenza. Basically, you stay home, you get bed rest, you drink a lot of fluids and you try to maintain your diet. The thing that's different about this virus, the respiratory illness that this virus causes, is that it goes to relatively severe pneumonias. I mean, influenza and a lot of our cold viruses can do that too, but this one seems to jump right into very severe severe cases of pneumonia. And the people who are most susceptible that we're finding, uh, this is from the Chinese data, are are the are males, basically older people with complications. If you've got a bad heart, bad lungs, bad liver. Uh, These are people who are going to get the more severe aspects of the disease because what we don't know is they're asymptomatic carriers. I mean, with all diseases, there are severe forms of it and there are mild forms of it. And that's the data that we're trying to track and extrapolate from all these cases that we see. How many cases are mild, how many are asymptomatic, and how many do actually go on to develop these severe diseases? Right. So
0: let me ask you this. We were talking about how the news can be rather alarming. In terms of deaths, how does coronavirus? compared to other diseases like the flu.
1: Well, I, I like to point out too is China is a huge country with billions of people they are all packed in together. So it doesn't surprise me that this virus unleashed on this closely packed population. We're going to have a lot of cases. If you look at uh, if you look at coronaviruses, the first one that we identified uh, a new pandemic was one called SARS, which stood for severe acute respiratory syndrome. About 2003, we had 8,000 uh, we had 8,000 cases, 8,000 800 deaths with a mortality rate of about 10%. The next coronavirus was one called MERS, which stood for Middle Eastern Respiratory Virus, about 2012, 2,400 uh, cases, 850 deaths, 34.5%. Right now, as we look at the data as it accumulates, and as of today, they're reporting 60,000 cases, 1,300 deaths, which translates into a death rate of about 2.1%. To put this into perspective with influenza, many, many, many more cases every year for instance, in 1958 and 1968, a 0.1% death rate. The 1918 flu epidemic, which a lot of people are familiar with, which uh, basically a lot of people reference, which was terrible 40 million people died, they estimate a 2.5% death rate, however. And there is another virus, another bird flu virus, which people don't hear about much anymore, but it's still being tracked. It hasn't jumped into human beings for any great degree of success, has a 60% death rate. So the bottom line is when you look at what we're dealing with now with the statistics, uh, this virus probably has the similar death rate of, of regular influenza, which is basically much more common on the planet and a seasonal basis. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, that's really good information to understand and remember. So how does the disease spread? Is it spread like the common cold and the flu spreads?
1: Exactly. It's what we call a droplet type of disease, common cold uh, and flu, which is not aerosol. Aerosol is really highly contagious. When we think of that, we think of chickenpox. Uh, in in measles. But this one is kind of like similar spread like the influenza. It's droplets. If you get uh, mucus on your hands and you rub on your face or the droplets on surfaces on your hands and in close contact with people, it's how you get it. So it's not the most contagious virus that we have on the planet, but it significantly can cause issues. But exactly, it's spread exactly like influenza.
0: So then how can we reduce the likelihood of contracting this disease or others that are spread in similar manner like you were just describing?
1: It's just typical things that we would use for influenza. Hand washing with soap and water, 20 seconds is a good idea. If you don't have soap and water available, uh, alcohol um, sanitizers can be used. Try not to touch your eyes, nose, and mouth because that's the virus uh, on your hands can be get into, in, into your body through the mucous membranes. Avoid contact with sick people and for Crying out loud, if you're sick, stay away from home and work and school. Stay home, please. <laughs> so and true. cough and sneezes cover with tissue. I know. But that's common sense. I mean, how many people do you know go to work and you go, boy, you should be home. You go, I have to work. I know. Uh, cough and sneezes should be covered with tissues and dispose of the tissues and trashes. And frequently touched objects should be cleaned and disinfected. Because uh, basically it's the secretions. It's the virus hanging around. Now, all this said, is what we don't know about the virus is, uh, you know, how much uh, uh, contact, how is it viable on, on inanimate objects and things. We don't know that, so we're just broadly telling people to do uh, all of these things. One thing I would like to tell the listeners is, it's a good idea to get your flu shot. And from a practicing infectious disease specialist, why? If you come into my office and you've got symptoms like the influenza and I know you've been vaccinated, then it would make me a little bit more comfortable to make the diagnosis of coronavirus. If, however, you don't have the flu vaccine, you walk into my office, I don't know what you have. So I would like to tell the listeners it's very important that everyone gets the influenza vaccine.
0: Always worth mentioning and reinforcing, get the flu shot. It just makes sense. So I know you were mentioning before some of the risk factors but who is most at risk for this
1: Probably everybody is if you we don't have immunity it's a brand new virus into the human population a lot of people are are probably not won't be immune to to this virus uh, so if you look at people, healthy people, you know, are probably will get more mild forms of the disease. In fact, if you look at the Chinese data, it's the older men, it's older men with with chronic diseases, liver diseases, lung diseases, heart diseases. Those are the ones that are going to have the worst cases, worst events. And that's basically where the deaths have occurred. Uh, I suspect young kids, uh, you know, youngsters, because they can be, uh, get relatively severe forms of, of influenza and they may be more, susceptible, but the vast cases of 60,000 are people that are relatively healthy and can weather the virus.
0: Right. I think it's another important point, too. It's not a death sentence. If you get it with proper treatment and you don't have a compromised immune system, most likely you're going to be okay.
1: That's that's what the data supports right now. Like I said, 2% of people have issues.
0: And then we heard the term novel Coronavirus. Why? What is novel? Why do they say novel coronavirus?
1: Novel means new. When we have a new virus, which jumps into human beings like a novel influenza virus is the one that comes to mind is the california virus about 10 years ago they call that the novel influenza virus and so novel means brand new to human beings and that's why they refer to that that term
0: well now you know there you go thank you dr ojin we appreciate it and thank you so much for the great information as we talk about the novel coronavirus thanks again
1: oh my pleasure thank you very much
0: That's Dr. Anthony Ogin, and to learn more about the coronavirus and what you can do to reduce your risk, please visit the CDC's website at cdc.gov. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is McLaren's in Good Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.